The date is September 13th. It is 3.07 p.m. Pacific Coast time. And we are back with another installment of the Babysitter's Book Club. This is episode seven, Jeremy and the Mean Janine. Uh, this podcast- Claudia. This podcast- Claudia and the Mean Janine. This podcast is for Aunt Adele and Uncle Paul. And I want to, as always, thank Dr. Claudia Werner for her sensitive evaluation of this podcast. Um, my guest has already jumped in. Uh, <laughs> and it's very exciting. I am here with the mean Janine herself. Uh, Janine is her name. This is my mother. Mom, how are you? I am great. Thanks for inviting me on. Well, it, it worked out too perfectly with the names. Yeah. You, you share a name with Claudia's older brainy sister. I didn't know if you were trying to tell me something with the <laughs> title. <laughs> I usually do something fun with the title and then I see what the guest does. So, uh, oh, okay. I think you're the first person that's ever interjected so forcefully. <laughs> oh, I may have already uh, frozen on you here on the recording. Okay. We're off to a great start. Uh, so yes, we are here to think about the seventh Babysitter's Club book, Claudia and the Mean Janine. Uh, it's a book that I found to be one of the one of the darker uh, installments that we've seen so far, almost like a character study of Claudia. Um, I, I see if I have you back here. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Okay. I just we just keep going when we hit any of these little snaps. All right. Yeah. It's fair enough. I didn't know <laughs> if you could hear me uh, too. I didn't. I I did not. But uh, whatever okay. you said, hold on to it. Uh, so my okay. first question for you, just as we kick things off here, um, what is your prior experience with the Babysitter's Club book franchise? Are you familiar with it? Have you read these before? As a mother of children who enjoyed reading the babies, or let me rephrase, as the mother of a son who enjoyed reading the Babysitter's Club books, my experience with them is I had to constantly pick them up off the floor and put them in bookshelves. <laughs> yes. So you're saying I was a real Claudia Kishi. No, not that bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, your, your knowledge of this series mostly came through the osmosis of me reading it when I was younger. Yes, that is true. Okay. And do you know much more about it besides that and besides the book that you read today? Not much, no. Okay. Well, that being said, did you enjoy reading this book? Uh, I did enjoy reading the book. Um, I was a little irritated at times with <laughs> some things going on, but uh, I always enjoy reading, so it, it was fine. Okay, you were irritated with things going on inside the book, not things yes. that affected your reading experience. Correct. <laughs> okay, I see. <clears throat> yeah, so I mentioned uh, in the intro, I don't know if this was the part that you heard or not, it's sort of like a very, it's a darker installment, I thought, in the Babysitter's Club. There's a lot of uh, very deep, serious, depressing things going on, and it ultimately ends with this self-reflection on Claudia's part in regards to her relationship with her sister and her family. Yeah, I kind of wondered, because uh, the, the, the plot with the grandmother was a little bit heavy, and I didn't know if all the other books had similar sort of storylines. <laughs> yeah, they occasionally will dip into something like a Miles kidnapping, which is then very quickly resolved as a misunderstanding. Um, 
<laughs> usually though, it's just a sort of interpersonal struggle or, or problem between the members of the babysitter's club as these young women sort of learn about themselves and each other and how to work together. So I think this is the first time, maybe besides Stacy's ongoing diabetes, that uh, there's been a real medical emergency of this magnitude. Yeah. I guess Jenny had to go to the hospital once with a fever, but that's not really the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it, very dark. The, the the fight that Claudia gets in with Janine and her and her grandmother uh-huh. and Mimi after they play the trivia game. Uh, did the trivia game sound like fun to you? Um, uh, I took it to be something like Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, I wonder if that's uh, trademarked. But- yeah, probably. Uh, but I kind of know sometimes because depending on how the dice and the cards fall, sometimes you feel like the stupidest person alive because you get the worst questions all game long. Mm-hmm. So I understood exactly how Claudia felt playing that game. Yeah. And we also learned that Janine uh, plays the trivia game like your mother plays Trivial Pursuit. Uh, this uh, is an easy like one. It. This is an easy one. You're an idiot for not knowing this one. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after the trivia game, there's this big blow up. There's a loud thud from Mimi's room. They have to rush over there and Mimi's on the floor. It's it's very dramatic and very scary. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah, and then there's the hospital and the ICU and the physical therapy. Very heavy stuff that I invited you on here to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Took me for a roller coaster ride. (laughs) Yeah, were you worried about, (laughs) did you fear for Mimi's uh, safety? I did. She seemed like the only sane one in the family. (laughs) (laughs) What about Mr. and Mrs. Kishi? Mr. and Mrs. Kishi seemed pretty clueless. Yeah. They, and maybe it's just the way the book uh, was written, but they seemed very hands off with a lot of things, made a lot of assumptions about what their children felt mm-hmm. and what they were interested in, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is bad parenting. Yeah, Mrs. Kishi doesn't seem to know how to make dinner by herself. Uh, I got that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and they doesn't all... really seem to care when people pull things out of the freezer. She'll just eat whatever it seems. Yeah, this this is something that we have noticed as a trend in the Babysitter's Club series, that it is often the 12 and 13-year-old daughters that are coolly and calmly suggesting recipes and dinner plans, and mm. their parents just seem completely oblivious to the ingredients they have in the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that too. Yeah. Yep. So that's strange. Uh, one thing that probably struck very close to home for you was Claudia's love of the Nancy Drew It did. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I was quite incensed when I read Nancy Drew's Aren't Worthwhile. Right. Yeah. It's very strict to tell your 13-year-old daughter that uh, Nancy Drew is an appropriate reading for her. And and as a matter of fact, I even pulled up. Do you remember that little book you had? You were a little about everything I learned about life. I learned from Nancy Drew or something like that. I believe it is still in the bedroom there at the house. All right. All right. Well, I I pulled up a few more because I thought we should share them with the audience because they are are life 
life affirming, great advice. Anybody, I know, I'm not going to read all 18. I'll just read like four of them. Okay. okay yeah. Give uh, us the four best. Can I, can I tag the site? Can I give a little? Yeah, uh, of course. Of course. Tag the site. So uh, this is from Bass Blau or Bass Blue. They also have a catalog I get all the time with really cute pictures on the front. Okay. Uh, if you ever want a baby gift for somebody, they have got cute little baby gifts in there. Okay. Is this, okay. A, is this so, a paid endorsement that's going on here? <laughs> I'm going to give them a shout out if I'm going to read their stuff on their site. That's fair. Uh, so let me give you just a few of the highlights. Antique clocks and cabinets always have secret compartments. Don't stop looking until you find them. That's okay. a really good one. <laughs> That guy you thought was dead, yeah, he's not. Always good advice. Any structure that's more than 15 years old probably has a secret passageway. There's a creepy caretaker on the scene or an elderly widow being forced out of said structure by pushy relatives. You better believe there's a treasure hidden in said secret passage. This is important stuff. Yeah. Um, if you want to get rid of someone, kill them right away. Don't leave them to die a slow death as the tide comes in or something, because then they have plenty of time to escape. This isn't a Nancy Drew book? Kill someone <laughs> right away if you want to get rid of them? Well, the smarter choice, also known as Nancy's choice, is not to kill anybody ever. Right. Uh, and just one more. When your boyfriend and your dad are feminists who support your daring deeds, be prepared for other men to fall short. Mm, that's a good, that's good advice that I think connects to the Babysitter's Club as well in terms of who supports and who maybe doesn't support uh, the, the young women on their endeavors here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, so with advice like that, how could you say Nancy Drews aren't worthwhile? Yeah, you make a, you make a compelling series of points. Okay, good. Especially when we learn that... And it, one of the things that I want to back up on, because we've talked about in previous podcasts, we know next to nothing about the Kishi family. We know about Janine, we know about Mimi, but up until this point, Mr. and Mrs. Kishi have been real blank slates. Um, her dad is a partner in an investment business. I wasn't exactly sure what an investment business is, and I don't think Anna Martin knows either. And <laughs> her mom is the head librarian at the local library. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't she know about encouraging young readers with these kinds of books? You know, maybe it's a religious thing. A religious thing? A religious thing. Do you, can you say more about that? Well, Nancy Drew is stepping out of the typical role a female should play in especially your mm. more stricter Christian religions. Okay. Maybe that's why she expects the daughters to help with dinner every night. Yeah, this is an interesting piece of the puzzle. I think we're going to have to look very carefully at the Kishis going forward to see if it's maybe a value-based argument rather than a highbrow, lowbrow argument. I guess it could be the same thing. Yes, I quite, I'm quite surprised. You know how many Japanese are in Connecticut? <laughs> No, I do not. Do you? Well, it was kind of jarring. Connecticut's kind of a white bread state overall. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, the Japanese population averages 0.04% of the population. 
I do think they might. So, you know, how many homeowners association had contracts that wouldn't let them move into those neighborhoods? You think Stony Brook is uh, <laughs> conspiring to keep their neighborhood no, a certain color? is more liberal and let them in but how many other oh. subdivisions did they have to go through before they could find a house yes well this is really going to become a central focus of some of these books when jesse gets here the african-american family moves oh my to Stony goodness. Brook, and then we're really going to get into issues of race and acceptance okay okay yeah so but uh we could keep an eye on this um, I did think, and this is uh, kind of a side note, when Claudia calls Shay Maurice to ask if her parents are there, the Kishis, and he says they just left. How did he know that so quick? Was it the name that tipped him out? Like the only Asian couple in the restaurant? The Ki- oh, that must have been the Kishis. Maybe. Oh, well, I took it as they just go there a lot. Oh, they're, and they're he's regulars. he's standing by the front door on the phone and he sees them go by. That could be. That could be. Uh, or I kind of like your idea about how he just makes an assumption. Here's a name that says, oh, they must be that. The Asian couple. And there That's they how go. They just left. Well, this also gets to, we talk a lot about how the size of Stony Brook seems to shuffle between the small town where everyone knows everyone and a place with its own general hospital and university. Um, mm-hmm. So tough to say. Uh, open to interpretation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yes, we, there's, the, the whole book really centers around this conflict between Claudia and her older sister, and it does get into some very deep themes near the end uh, in terms of what do your parents expect from you, how does that shade or influence <laughs> your actions and your relationships with your siblings. Um we're going to season that with the insecurity Janine shows about even knowing how to care for Mimi, uh, the special relationship Claudia and Mimi have. So a lot of family drama going on in the Kishi household that we're privy to here, almost like a character study. Yes. <laughs> I, I found a, I found it interesting. And of course not reading previous books and having a backstory of how this family might interact with each other and maybe this is the first book they kind of do they all seemed very passive and kind of hands off of each other and basically just made assumptions about what somebody was feeling instead of getting other clues or asking them Mm -hmm. so it seems like a family that doesn't communicate very well yeah, and do you think by the end of the book they are moving in the right direction or do you think that they're sort of stuck in that mode? I think probably Janine and Claudia are. I'm not sure about the parents. And maybe it's just not focused on the parents because it's a book for younger people, but I, di- I didn't see them engaging any more at the end of the book than they were at the beginning of the book. Yeah, they didn't really make any movement on the front of the parents think Claudia is lazy and doesn't read what she should be. Um, Because books like before with Marianne, they end with like a big cathartic moment where she, well, it's really because Marianne's dad starts dating Don's mom and then he doesn't really care about his daughter anymore. But it ends with a big cathartic (laughs) moment where she like expresses herself to him. She tells him how how she feels and that she needs more um, 
responsibility and she needs more freedom and, he, and they sort of come around. So that was, I think, a very positive example. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't really happen between Claudia and the parents. It's, it, it remains very stagnant. It, it seemed like a whole book of assumptions and even the ending left you with, we just have to assume that Janine and Claudia's relationship continues on the right path. It doesn't mm. really give us some solid clues that that's going to happen. Yeah. Well, thankfully, there are another several hundred of these books that we have to uh, oh, good. Have to explore. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I think in some ways, that's it's a little bit more realistic, right? That things don't just change overnight. They sort of begin to take the baby yeah. steps of communicating. And Janine sort of opens up a little bit more to work with Mimi. So in that way, it's it's a bit positive. Yeah. 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 And from a series perspective, it's probably best to be that way. So that can be f- further explored as you go into subsequent books. Right, right. Got to keep these storylines alive. That's right. Fresh. Character development. Uh, yeah. And then I just, Claudia almost hits her sister. That was shocking to me. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, that was probably like the darkest thing that's happened up until this point uh-huh. in the series where uh-huh. Claudia's like, I, Janine didn't even do anything. Janine is just being like mildly, I don't know, provocative. I don't know how you would describe Janine, but Claudia yeah. is like, I raised my hand. I was going to hit her. Claudia's a little crazy. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I, it, I think she's a little crazy. It seems like there's been a, a lot like pent up in Claudia about this relationship with yes. Janine. Yeah, so that was another thing is, is just starting off, it, it was almost like, have these people, have these two sisters even talked to each other in the past 10 years? Because it seemed like it was almost like one or the other moved in with it, one or the other, and here's all the things that bother me. So I didn't get that you know, Janine's gotten worse over the years, or ever since she took this college course, suddenly she's X, Y, and Z. It was just almost like Janine moved in, and here's what I think of her. Yeah, this is just like, their re- this relationship like sprung forth, fully formed. Yes. And that's just where we're at now. Yeah. It, there hasn't been the growth or a change or a, a dynamic or anything there. Yep. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great uh, point. Uh, she also mentioned- Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I thought it was great to parallel Jamie and Lucy, I think it was, mm-hmm. with the Claudia and Janine. That was the best literary device in the book, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to let I want to circle back to that because I think the Newton subplot is an interesting way to bookend what's going on. And I famously have a lot to say about the Newtons. So I really want to get your deep dive on that family as well. Um, I was just going to mention Claudia multiple times at the start refers to the fact that Janine has no interests, which I thought was very judgmental and not necessarily accurate. Yeah, I told you, Claudia's got some issues. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I think she's the mean one and not Janine. It should have been mean Claudia and Janine. Mean Claudia. Mean Claudia and lovely Janine. <laughs> lovely Janine. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. And why does Janine have to wear uh, <laughs> wool flannel shirts and sweaters? Is that the the typical thing that brainy kids wear? And gray kilts was the one that I wrote down. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The kilts, yes. 
Um, yeah, that's a great, because she has no interests, mom. Don't Is forget. The, okay. So, She's just dull and boring. Okay. Yeah, the Babysitter's Club, and it happens multiple times in this book, often uses clothing to very on the nose oh represent my gosh. the characters. Themselves. What is it with Claudia and clothing? <laughs> oh, you want to let's let's go through it real quick. Okay, we like to stop down on the clothing. Um, so the first one we have here, this is on page four for those at home. Open your books to page four. Um, Claudia is going to art class, uh, dressed in her favorite art class out art class outfit. She's got black jeans, a giant bright blue t-shirt and a snake bracelet worn above the elbow. What do you think about that outfit? I think that's a pretty cool outfit. That's a good one. How would you rate that one out of 10, would you say? Oh, wow. Um, Give that a good, give that a good eight. Eight out of 10. No, I'm gonna give that a nine. Nine out of 10 for her favorite art class outfit, okay. That's a good art class outfit. Well, then this one, we're going to bounce around a little bit here. This is on page 50 when everyone is showing up to the play group. And Stacy is really second only to Claudia in the outfit department. Stacy is wearing a pair of knee-length lime green shorts, matching green high-top sneakers, and a Mm -hmm. large white t-shirt with a gigantic taxi cab on the front. Mom, did you know Stacy's from New York? <laughs> I didn't. Did you get that from the book? <laughs> uh, yes, I did. <laughs> they like to. They like to bring that up. Uh, what about that outfit? What what score was that? There one? one where she looked very California-ish for being from New York. I believe that was the statement. Well, this is actually it's later in the same paragraph. It's the other way around. Dawn is in a surprisingly New York outfit where she usually goes for California oh, casual. Okay, okay, that one. Are you wearing California casual today, mom? Uh, you betcha. <laughs> have you ever worn a surprisingly New York kind of outfit? Um, yes, I have, as a matter of fact. Yeah, what did that look like? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and this surprisingly New York outfit, was it, could it have been what you wore, mom? Was it striped pants with suspenders over a red shirt? Um, yes, yes. It was. It was exactly my outfit when I went to New York. <laughs> yeah. I just real quick for Stacy's outfit with the uh, taxi cab. What score uh-huh. would you give that one? Uh, we'd give that a six. That's a six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Marianne Christie, hardly worth mentioning. Blue jean shorts, running shoes, t-shirts. Um, I do like that Christie's wearing an old gray thing. I, I guess a shirt. Uh, it says Boren's Movers on it. That's kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I wondered what that was. I'm not sure. And then uh, we have yeah. one, one more here that I want to get your opinion on. I think this rounds it out. Uh, this is on page 123. This is the outfit that Claudia is wearing wearing the christening. Uh, she herself admits it wasn't a very churchy outfit, but after all, it was Saturday and we weren't going to an actual church service, just to a ceremony in a church. Uh, I'm not I'm not clever enough, or nor with the background in theology, to really dig into the merits of that argument. But the outfit is a big, loose white shirt with black splotches all over it, white pants that come to just below the knees, uh, shoes that she bought after a fight with her mom, were dainty gold sandals that laced partway up the leg. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, and then she's gonna she's gonna finish this off with pink flamingo earrings 
and a pink bracelet that said Claudia in heart-shaped beads. And then finally, oh my God, there's more. She braided her hair into four long braids, tied a ribbon around the top of each, and fastened the ends with butterfly clips. What in the world is going on here, Mom? She kind of missed the fashion bus on that one. <laughs> what score does that one get? That's a good three. Oh my God. <laughs> a Maybe a two. Now, yeah, yeah, you know the the old adage, you don't want to wear too much, you know, if something's sticking out, you're supposed to take it off. Well, yeah. she left like eight things on that stuck out and did not take them off. If you're Mrs. Newton and it's your daughter's christening and this this person shows up, how would you feel about that? <laughs> I, I'd relegate her to the backyard and watching the kids. <laughs> well, that's, that's where they're headed. Um, I didn't have a christening, true or false? You did not have a christening. Oh, oh, okay. And Nikki didn't have one either, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, do you any particular reason for that, or you just didn't feel the need? Uh, I'm gonna let you choose your own religion, and you can christen yourself. Oh, I was supposed to be working on that this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I was still waiting for the christening. Okay. It doesn't really keep you awake at night, so. <laughs> yeah. Well. I liked the uh, I liked the remark on page seventy-five. Okay. Uh, where she describes all of the kids, and then she has in parentheses, some of us looked nicer than others, which I thought was a really snobbish phrase to say. That's that's Claudia describing the kids at the playgroup, or what, what is she what's going on there? Um, Christy is saying, look at all the other kids, they're wearing short shorts, blah, 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 and then all of us and Mallory are in fairly old clothes. And mm. then and in parentheses, which are Claudia's words, I assume, because there's no <laughs> quotes around it, it yes. says, some of us looked nicer than others. Bazinga, Claudia oh, going I straight. know, I was <laughs> like, wow, what a little minx. Yeah, she's she is like a rough book in this book. <laughs> and when we, when we first started this podcast, like I, I feel like the first four books are so iconic. It's sort of like everyone that I talked to was aware for the most part of all of them. We used to rank the babysitters in terms of how much we liked them. Mm. And Claudia, for me, was always far and away number one. But as we as the best? As the, oh, if you read the first two books, like Christy is awful, <laughs> Marianne is a rube, uh, Stacy just doesn't really have a personality besides being from New York. Uh, so Claudia, that's really by default. Claudia is like fun and artsy and she eats junk food. But it's, uh, the worm has turned as we move through the series, I think. Her, her ring-dongs. Her ring-dongs she hides here in her bedroom. I think it's, I think it's ring-dings. Ring. Is it? I think it's ring-dings or ding-dongs. Ho-hos. Oh, sure. I'm going to look it up. Okay, uh-oh. Fact-checking here on the podcast. Yes, yes. <clears throat> Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, she said. Oh, yep. Ring dings, ho hos, ding dogs, and Twinkies. It's easy to it's easy to mix up these nonsense <laughs> well, words. For those of you following along at home. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, obviously, this this saga of the Kishi family drama, mm-hmm. the whole book. We're going to keep coming back to that. But is there anything else you wanted to say in general about them before we maybe talk a little bit more about what the club is up to here with their play group? Uh, about the Kishis? Yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll keep circling back to it because it's the main thread that runs through the book. But just any other general yeah. thoughts or observations you wanted to get out of the way? 
Um, no, I think that's it. I think it was just a, a lot of, I felt a lot of assumptive things happening throughout the whole book. That was kind of the whole general take I got coming away from that. Sure. Yeah, I think that's really smart and really well stated. Stated. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well stated. Easy for me to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this playgroup idea that Christy has come up with. Uh, just real quick, I wanted to note, Stacy, the treasurer, she travels with the money back and forth between her house and the club meetings. Why don't they just leave that the money in the room? Safe. Yeah, I found that odd. Uh, they have $19 in their treasury. Uh, do yeah. you want to guess how much that uh, how much that was in 1987? I plugged that into the inflation calculator. Really? Okay, so I looked up gas, which was $0.90 cents at the time. Now it's, what, $3, so... <laughs> oh, to, to think about Charlie driving Christy? Is that what you were... Yes, yeah, yes. it seemed 50 cents seemed like a lot for three miles when yes. gas is 90 cents a gallon. Um, so I would say 19 is probably 50 bucks now. Oh, you're very close. It's uh, 43.47. All right, all yeah. right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, their initial offer to Charlie was $2 for the round trip, which would have worked out to $4.58 in today's money. And then he he very kindly reduces his offer. I should of think so. His mother probably told him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked about uh, Edie Thomas or Edie. I'm sorry, Edie Brewster, nay Thomas. Uh, she's very generous in terms of paying her children to babysit her other children. I don't know if every parent she would is. do that. No. Yeah. No. I, well, I I think certain circumstances. Uh, demand that. Yeah. Well, now she's loaded, so what does she care? She yeah, never... except she had to give up her house and move in with him. Uh, had he, to, he the book said. In, had he to. He lives in like a three-story manor on the nice part of Stony Well, Brook. they put should have put that she wanted to. Mm. She got a nicer house, not like now she's married, so she has to move. See, there's I, that kind of loops back to our earlier conversation about what are they saying to young women about their place in society. Yeah, this is more fully covered in the last, you'll have to listen to the podcast that came before this, except uh, Brandon didn't really read the book, so you probably won't get much out of it. Um, <laughs> the I believe it's a space issue. I believe Charlie and Sam share a room at the old house. And I believe David Michael is mentioned as living in like the closet under the stairs, Harry Potter style. Um, <laughs> so I think there'd be no room for Watson and then Karen and Andrew on his visitation weekends. I think that's where it comes from. Okay. I, I, that doesn't bother me as much. I see the, I see okay. the logical reasons. The, there could have been better words to use fair. instead of has to. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> That's enough about the Tom Thomases and the Brewers for now. I'm um, coming at this from a feminist perspective. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so they are coming up with this play group uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings. Uh, mm -hmm. You just sort of drop your kid off and run. As long as they have three dollars in their hand, they'll take <laughs> care of them. Yep. Which is uh, the babysitters we've talked about too are criminally underpaid. Three dollars for. Three hours of babysitting uh, is a steal for the parents of Stony Brook, I would think. Um, 
if I recall in my babysitting days, which would have been in the 70s, okay. late 70s, early, no, late 70s, it was a buck an hour. Buck an hour. Wow. Buck an hour per kid. Yep. Okay. That's nuts. Well, that was 10 and years some, before this. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that's not actually a bad price for that time. And that the, was that, they're still way was that like worth it for you? You were excited to get the dollar an hour or were you like, oh, this, this isn't. Well, when you're not working and you're 13, 14, it's yeah. nice extra money. It's true. It adds up. You're not coal mining or anything too, right? You're hanging out in someone's house. Yeah, you're basically playing. You're playing <laughs> with the kid. Yeah. Uh, would you have dropped your children off at this play group over the summer? Not if I didn't have previous um, experience with them. It sounds like most of the people that came, they babysat before. Yes, they, it's the same like uh, uh, inner circle that has been exploiting these girls for years now. So they are happy to, <laughs> to just drop them off, I think. Yeah. Um, play yeah, groups so I, well. I, I would worry from a, from a, just uh, from a legal perspective, I'd worry about the liability insurance that they have on that. That didn't it's, seem to cross mind when they were planning it. It was very nice of Stacy's mother to allow <laughs> this to yes, happen in her yard. <laughs> Yeah. One Stacey. of those kids break their legs and they can sue her and she'll lose the house. Stacy's mom. She's got it going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, things go pretty well. Uh, a lot of playing. Uh, the game uh, Blast into Super Space sounded fun that the boys invented. I would have liked to know more about that. Yes, that was nice. Yeah. Um, the, the That's why you babysit, Jeremy, so you can play these sort of games with kids. <laughs> Blast into Super Space. I'd rather play the <laughs> trivia game with Janine, I think. Um, yeah, the real fly in the ointment here, the cause of the drama, is little Jenny Prezioso. What did you think, what did you make of the Prezioso family? I love the Prezioso family. Okay. <laughs> they what? had their values sound and aligned and uh they were very consistent in the application of those values yeah i think it's a bit of a retcon to describe jenny prezioso as like the biggest brat ever like her role yes. her role is really she's in the crucial the fourth book marianne saves the day where jenny has a 104 degree fever and marianne can't reach anybody and the whole that whole book is about how like like prissy and sort of like well-to-do the preziosos are and but there's there's really no like oh jenny is such a horror like no more than any other kid so now mm -hmm. we just assigned her like she's even brattier than before i feel like i don't know yep yeah but she uh her mom will not dress her in anything other than like very fancy outfits um they make her wear a smock they gaslight her really into wearing a smock yeah. um yeah, there's a lot of emotional trauma they visit on Jenny Prezioso uh, during this playgroup. <laughs> yeah, but then she got to wash the dogs. So it was She's afraid good. of dogs. <laughs> oh, wow. she didn't help, huh? <laughs> the dog like comes over to her. You know, grow up to be a serial killer then. Well, you know, oh, everybody's no. got a role in life. <laughs> Jenny Prezioso. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Because uh, of the trauma inflicted me as a child. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's very like uh it's very tangentially related to anything. She 
doesn't get along with anyone. Uh, Karen shows up and tells her there's a monster and it's Andrew. They use that to force her to wear a smock. They ignore her when she says she doesn't, she's scared of dogs. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just make a story. Yeah. I thought the scene with the dog was fun. What did you think? I love the dog, the scene with the dog. It's very cute. It's actually pretty well written, which surprised me. It was almost a little different writing style for the author. It's almost like she said, oh, here I get to have fun and break out and do a little, almost like a little short story that's not related to the main story and I can have some fun with it. Yeah, and I think uh, I think this is a trait of these books. Uh, maybe earlier, maybe earlier on, more so, where there's sort of like your your A storyline, and then there are these sort of incidental chapters, anecdotes of uh, like here's what happened on this babysitting job. And I I fear that Anna Martin is running out of <laughs> these anecdotes because yeah. we are increasingly doing more like. Uh, uh, oh, it's a wedding, and we have to sit for 14 kids. Uh, it's a play group, and we have to for nine kids. So I, I feel like we've lost the, the simplicity and beauty of the individual sitting job stories. I don't know. Now, did this author write all of the series, or did, like, some series you get different authors write different books? Yeah, she's going to go, like, the first 30 or so, like oh, wow. 30 or okay. 35. It's still her. I've, like, marked in my plan where she leaves so we can see if we detect a difference um but then like the next million are written by ghostwriters even though it's under her name i think yeah okay and i was gonna say to you mama i want you to bookmark your nancy drew list for when we get to the babysitters mysteries series i'd love to have you back to talk about one of those yeah where they start solving mysteries we'll see how true they are to the nancy drew principles yeah i know I don't know if they've ever killed anyone to get rid of them quickly, but I guess we'll find out. Claudia almost hit her sister, so she's the leading candidate for that. On the road. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sure. Um, Yeah, I thought there were, just while we're talking about the writing, I did think there were some interesting turns of phrase um, across (laughs) the book. Uh, someone says someone is nervous as a cat, which I thought was like an incomplete version of that idiom. Did you, did you, did that strike you at all? Nervous as it, it didn't strike me. Okay. I, isn't like a cat, like like a long hair, long tailed cat in a room of rocking chairs. Isn't there like a whole thing that goes with that? Yeah. Yeah. Just nervous as a cat. Yeah, Uh you're right. Yeah. Probably short down. Yeah. I did like when someone said that uh, they could talk the ear off a corn stalk. I thought that was like sort of folksy and fun. Yep, yep, that was fun. Yeah. Sounds very Midwestern. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, so as you've said, the, the other plot here is the parallel between Claudia and her sister and little Jamie Newton and Lucy Newton. Um, as we get ready for this christening, what did you think of the Newtons? I can't remember if I asked you that already. Did you have any broad opinions on this family and what's going um, on? I think Newtons in today would break down because they don't seem to be able to handle two kids normally, let alone in a pandemic and homeschooling. Oh, so I yeah. think they would fail in today's world um, because she seems to be at 
all out of sorts most of the time for just normal day-to-day -day life. Yeah. Uh, I have long said that the Newtons are the most exploitative of the clients that the babysitters deal with. Um, I liked at least <laughs> that the book, this book specified at least they were getting paid to help at the christening. Um, yeah. In a previous book with Jamie's birthday party, that's left ambiguous, where they're just sort of asked to come and babysit. But there's no talk of money changing hands. Um, well, and I think that when she had all of the party stuff out on the table, Claudia offered to help, which uh, I can't remember what happened after that, you know, if they alluded to her being paid. But if Claudia is offering to help, would Mrs. Newton even think to pay her for that? offer i don't know just consider it a favor <laughs> i think maybe the latter is what i'm afraid of hmm. i don't know and maybe they're uh, maybe the two families are closer and so it's more of a just helping out sort of thing it's it's true that the newtons are kind of like the og babysitters club clients i think they're like in the it's even like before the club starts they are often sitting for jamie newton um so it is true they have like a very well-established relationship with the Newtons even before the series begins. Yeah. However, yeah. as soon as she has Lucy Newton, she is very quick to say like, well, that's it. We can't have young babysitters anymore. We got to get like a 17-year-old to watch the kids. She really just like drops the babysitters club very quickly, which mm. was such a major part of the book that that happened in. And now it just seems like we're, we're it's fine. Like, oh, seven-month-year-old Lucy, that's fine. We can have uh, one of the babysitters handle it. So I was a little surprised to see that. Yeah, she just got to the end and that it was all over. She yeah. unraveled. She probably, like, used it to negotiate, like, a lower rate or something. <laughs> like, it was Could be. probably another tool in her tool belt to yeah, yeah, get more yeah. free. Hey, that's, that's a great tool. <laughs> get more free babysitting yeah um, yeah yeah i like that one of her post-its to get ready for the party is auntie nora's swizzle sticks that made me laugh yeah yeah what do you think she's doing with those swizzle sticks <laughs> you know when i said she starts to unravel sometimes you need aids to keep it all together so <laughs> probably had a few cocktails prepared for the christening party or at least afterwards you think auntie nora brought the booze and they just got <laughs> drunk on the wall absolutely <laughs> yeah if it was a good aunt <laughs> um so yes yeah, so this culminates with of course uh jamie sort of throwing a fit about the attention that Lucy is getting all throughout the book. Um, and then at the end, there's a very dramatic moment. They think he's going to pour punch all over his little sister. Mm -hmm. And he does not because she, she is his sister and he loves her. Um, and this really makes Claudia think about her relationship with mm -hmm. Denise. Mm -hmm. And you said you liked this a lot. It, it was a it was a good device to have that parallel and look at the issue from different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Now you have two sisters. Um, I do. do. Do you have any similar anecdotes that you might want to share about uh, interacting with them when you were younger? Maybe disagreements or or misunderstandings that you had to to work to patch up. Uh, I probably don't have really good stories like that because they were so much older than I was. Mm. So by the time 
So when you're little and they're so much older, you kind of just want to emulate them. So there's no way you're going to play a prank on them. Yeah. Um, and then when you get up to, you know, like 13 and 14 and actually become a human being, then they're already starting to go off to college and leave the house and things like that. So you don't have that interaction. So, um, no, I can't think of anything offhand, but uh, I'll, I'll let you know if something pops in my head. Okay. And now... I don't think I've ever wanted to physically them. strike them yeah <laughs> however i do know that my brother has has a nasty temper and has many times tried to kill them oh my god <laughs> yes i'll tell you about the one time he was so mad and at dinner time and he got up from the table and he stalked out of the dining room and at the door he had his fork with him and he turned around and hurled it at them and it stuck in the wall behind them that's how hard he threw this fork do you remember what he was so mad about no he is always mad about something oh my that's very dangerous yes yes he had a nasty temper when his eyes turned green you ran should we send him a copy of Claudia and the Mean Janine? Um, you know, he'll probably say that it doesn't put women in their place enough. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Um, I did think it was very um, heteronormative. They were worried that Louis the dog looked too much like a girl after his makeover. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that one bit. Yeah. Yeah, that shows you society's influence on these poor little kids. They start to worry about that. Yeah. And I was just going to say, nowadays, you and all of your siblings see eye to eye on everything, right? And there's no problems. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) There's no problems whatsoever. No difference of opinion. Okay. We all are of one mind. Maybe all five of you should read this book and then sit down and talk about it. Talk about what you can learn. Uh, we, could pro- we could probably do, if we were prepared, do a good bit about what that might look like. <laughs> a hypothetical situation of all five of us reading this book together. Yeah, we'll do that at our next family gathering. I don't know if the, it might be a little too inside for a general yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But it, it'd be a fun little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll, a little sketch comedy we'll do. <clears throat> okay. Um, and we'll so workshop we, it out. We'll work, yeah, we'll work We'll say yes and. Um, uh, one of the things that we maybe didn't touch on if we're going to circle back is uh, the aftermath of Mimi and the Stroke just because it's sort of dark and depressing Um, Mimi's making average progress she gets to come back home but she does basically need to be babysat I like the sort of full circle-ness that uh, every adult is going to be relying on these babysitters one way or another for the rest of their lives Uh, sort of like a glimpse into their future um yeah, uh, what did you what did you think about? I, it was very sad to to read through, um, but uh-huh. it seemed to me probably an accurate portrayal of dealing with a loved one in the aftermath of something like that. Definitely, and I even think that uh, I'm very inclined to be mean to Claudia, but <laughs> but with due respect, I think that um, what she was the guilt that she was feeling, I mm-hmm. think, is pretty prevalent. Um, you know, you think back of, you know, I 
shouldn't have said this to them. I shouldn't have given them that extra donut. I shouldn't have <laughs> whatever, right. uh, as you're the one responsible. And it, it's probably a mechanism to help get through highly emotional times. But um, so Claudia felt that, you know, she had that guilt. Um, I thought it went on a little too long and she should have probably figured out some things. Um, but uh, I liked how the author let her be that kind of person and show that she had that guilt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, Mom, how many elephants can you fit in a sports car? I can fit six. Three in the front, front and three and in the back. back. Yeah. I, that, I thought that was a memory test and I nailed it, didn't I? Yeah, I had to see if I need to get you a babysitter every morning. Um, is that a joke or is it just funny because it's not a joke? I think it's a three-year-old joke. I read it three times. I thought I was missing something. <laughs> yeah, yeah three-year-old jokes don't make any sense. When I realized that that was just the whole joke, it really made me laugh harder than if yeah. it had been a real joke. <laughs> well, think back to that little kid you used to tell us about in your courtyard. All the jokes he used to oh. say. They didn't have any sense. Our next-door neighbor whose favorite uh, joke, have you ever seen a dog sleeping in the rain? And then you'd say, like no or whatever but there was no follow-up that was the whole joke that was it have you ever seen a dog sleeping and then he would laugh harder than i have ever seen anyone laugh in my life yeah that's yeah. pretty funny to a kid yeah i wonder yeah. if we can hit him on the podcast in a couple of years <laughs> uh yeah so average average progress uh some minor drama where uh be quiet marianne i kind of like that i thought, thought i like when people yell at marianne even though it's kind of mean uh, then she apologizes and then she's a lot better. So uh, even Mimi dealing with feelings of insecurity and frustration. Uh, what do you think is this special tea that they're making? Are they getting stoned? <laughs> um, it could be. It could be the, the poppy tea, you know, which will which will calm you down quite a bit. Because there's a point near the end where they're like, do we have time to make Mimi's special tea? Like, oh, well, our parents won't be home for a while. Yeah, let's do it. It's like, well, what is so, like, what's the big <laughs> secret about this special tea? Uh, yeah, maybe it's those three secrets. They're special <laughs> little secret. Yeah. Uh, hey, we all need some help to get through. Maybe, yeah. I'd like to see the toxicology on Mimi that the hospital <laughs> ran. I'd like to know more about that. Uh. Yeah, well, so the, the book ends on a on a positive note uh, in terms of the family. Uh, like you said, not everything is perfectly resolved, mm -hmm. but it seems like they're going to be doing better. Um, and then I wanted to, because I think yeah. this is new so far in the series, we sort of get like a, a teaser right at the end for the next book. Did you, what did you think about that? Oh, hold on. I don't recall the teaser. It's, it's basically, well, the whole last chapter is them, they're hanging out at their meeting. The Pikes are going for their two weekends, two oh, weekends. Oh, yes. Vacation. City, yes. City, New Jersey. See, see, is that the next come. book? The next book, uh, a little plug here, is called Boy Crazy Stacy. Um, I actually had an excerpt from the next book in the back of my book. I don't know if you did as well. Um, but 13-year-old Stacy is going to really fall in love with this 17-year-old lifeguard. And that's the next book we're going to read. Oh, I see it. I didn't read it. That wasn't, per it's not pertinent to this book. But I just, I, I feel like the book has never ended like that, where it's like, here's the next book. Ooh, good marketing. Yeah. Are you going to run out and buy a copy of Boy Crazy Stacy? I'm not. Okay. You can just listen to the podcast. 
I can probably find a copy in your room. No, I, they're all here. They're all here with me. Are they really? Yeah, they're okay. in my closet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll send you a picture. It's it's pretty obscene what's what the closet looks like here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think I that's basically Claudia and the mean Janine. I think we uh, is there anything we didn't cover? Anything else that you wanted us to talk about? Uh, so I had a question uh, of just how this rates with some other books. I found that some chapters, a couple of chapters in this book were really kind of throwaway chapters. Mm -hmm. Does that happen? Because you said they're all 15 chapters. So, yes. so when you... does the author maybe just put in some fillers to get to that magic 15 every book? Are you talking about like the playgroup stuff? Um, let's see, where, where, where did I question fillers? <laughs> um, they were near the back. Um, yeah. so when Marianne watches Mimi, whole chapter about this, and it didn't really move the storyline on at all. Mm -hmm. So I was a little curious why that chapter was even there. And then chapter 14, where she's kind of talking to Janine, but I don't know, I thought it was very superficial. I didn't think that was really important. It hmm. was really a throwaway chapter. Well, I feel like that chapter 14 was suppo supposed to be like their resolution, right? Like the moment where they actually sit down and sort of like air their grievances. Yeah, I guess you could look at it uh, like that. Maybe that had to be there to set the stage. For like moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little bit like too dark if there isn't that moment where they like finally talk to each other. What? People don't just automatically change? <laughs> well, they're working on it. It, has, it doesn't happen overnight. I think, and to the point about the Marianne one, you're right. That really doesn't go anywhere. Um, I do think that maybe from a storytelling point of view, it was important to sort of reflect some kind of frustration that Mimi was, because yeah. it's, it's not really realistic that she would just like be so yeah. perfect. It's such a difficult task. And there's also an established relationship between Marianne and Mimi. So maybe this was a good way to get those killed two birds with one stone. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't really, it's, it comes and goes very quickly. All right. All yeah. right. I won't, I won't be so critical. <laughs> no, that's, that's what we're here for is to put it under the microscope and see what we can uh, make of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, of course, we do have our usual game we're going to end with. Uh-oh. Uh, it's, uh, you have your choice between Blast into Super Space and the trivia game. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, but there is actually a little bit of trivia involved in what we're going to do. Um, okay. Yeah, anything else on, on this? I thought, it, like I said, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was different from the other books enough. Deep dive into the Kishi family. Um letting even though claudia is horribly violent and aggressive toward her sister uh we're at least moving in the right direction um dealing with some various very serious stuff with mimi so uh overall i appreciated it and i i found it enjoyable uh what uh, okay. final do you have final thoughts uh, of your own as someone who well it's kind of hard because i i just read it as a standalone book so right um, knowing what came before this and, and a little bit about what might come after it uh, is not there in my evaluation, but yeah. um, no, nothing else. I think we covered all the, all the points I had. Great. Yeah. Well, next time we have a Janine centric story, I'll try to get you back. Okay. Okay. Can, sounds good. That can be like your, uh, your focus. You'll be the Janine correspondent. Uh, okay. Okay. Sounds good.
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh, book number seven, Jeremy and the Mean Janine. So we're going to move on here now to our game. Claudia and the Mean Janine. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a bit here. I'm doing a bit for the folks at home. Okay. All okay. right. All right. So uh, we're gonna play a little game here. This will be this will be quick. I hope it'll be fun. Uh, okay. One of the things that the babysitters I say this every week, like they do it every week. It really all only happened in the first book, but I need this conceit for, the, for this part. One of the okay. things that the babysitters often like to do uh, at the end of a, a busy um, week or a job well done, they will throw a sleepover to yeah. uh, hang out with one another, relax, uh, just have some fun off the clock, and get to know one another. Uh, a little bit better than they might get to, you know, in the, the ins and outs of, of school and, and babysitting. Uh, yep. So we also try to end with a bit of a sleepover game. And there's no better sleepover game than the Sassy Experience. Do you know about this game? I do not. Okay. Are you familiar now as someone who was a uh, younger person in the 80s? Uh, there was a magazine, I believe, called Sassy Magazine. Or okay. uh, have, are you familiar with that at all? No, uh, it sounds vaguely familiar. So it's like a magazine aimed at like uh, like younger teenage girls, younger teenage yep. girls. Yep. Yes, and told you uh, how to do your makeup. Exactly, and so they have this board game called the Sassy Experience, um, okay. where which is just full of questions and little games to help you get to know one another. And uh, they they're all in these cards here. The cards are numbered mm-hmm. for some reason. So what I do at the end of every podcast here is I pull out the card number that corresponds to your book. So I have card seven here in front of me. Okay. And we're just going to run down the card and we're going to see what comes of this. All right? All right. Okay. So the the first two questions are always very trivia game-esque. There'll be multiple choice and they will have a correct answer. Um, And then after that, it's a little bit more free form, get to know you, maybe do something silly activities. Here we go. Uh, I think Margaret got both questions wrong, but everyone else has gotten one for two at least. So Okay, well, at least I'll always have somebody that's equal to or worse than I will be. And I, I think it was Margaret. Margaret, I apologize <laughs> if I'm misquoting what happened on your episode. They all begin to blend together. Okay. He smirched her name. Well, this is good too, because your first question is very unfair. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, the question reads as follows. Yes, guys. This sassy staffer did get a nose ring. Okay, you ready for your choices? Yes. Was it A, Neil, B, Karen, or C, Jane? Which one got the nose ring? It's got to be Jane. That is absolutely correct. You nailed it. Jane got the nose ring. Yeah, I knew it. That Jane, she's really wild underneath. Classic Jane. Classic <laughs> Jane. Yes, guys. Okay. Here's your next question. You ready? Okay. Which element most enhances bone strength? Is it A, calcium, B, oxygen, or C, sunlight? <laughs> that common uh, element. A, calcium? Oh, this is- this is so easy. Everyone knows this one. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, uh, you went with A, calcium. That this is... is you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're not going to have a stroke later, are you? I'm going to feel horrible if after we're done recording and get a phone call. Um, yes, you are correct. The answer is calcium. Two for two. 
How about that? Great job. Woo-woo! Okay, this, so this next one is also multiple choice, but it's not, there's no right answer. It's just to sort of okay. uh, inspire conversation. Oh, okay. Uh, this is people in your life. Which of these best describes the boy you like the best? Okay. Ooh. Is he A, good looking? Is he B, really cool? Or is he C, really sensitive? Mm. What do you think? He's B. He's really cool. Really cool. Okay. Do you, do you want to yeah. tell us who the boy is or keep it a secret? Um, it, it's, it's every boy. There's many boys. Oh no. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say Ben. Ben was a guy I knew in, in, uh, oh, fourth grade. This is an actual. Yeah, ben was, yeah, Ben was really cool. Should I add him? Should I add him on Twitter and try to get him for the podcast? Do you have his last name handy? Don't say it. Cause I don't have to bleep it out. I'll get it off air. We'll get Ben on the podcast though. All right. All right. What made him so cool? Um, well, he wore these really cool polo shirts and <laughs> sunglasses, and he didn't tell on me when I dropped his glasses on the ground and they and they and they cracked. And what were you doing with his glasses? It was just an accident. I just bumped into him, and his glasses fell. Oh, and then what happened? He didn't tell on me. Oh, but but you guys were like cool. We were with, cool. e- with each other? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't tell dad about this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the next category is called help. And this is where you're going to get a, uh, someone has written in to the Sassy Magazine for advice on a problem. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to read this to you. Um, there is an answer on the back of the card. So we're going to see how close you can get to what Sassy Magazine has said about this. Okay. Oh my gosh. Dear Janine, okay. are you ready? Yes. Dear Janine, I'm the tallest girl by far in my class. I'm not ugly or anything, but I feel so self-conscious. What should I do? Um, you should be you. You should let your tall flag fly. <laughs> and to hell with everybody else, because you'll grow up to model for $10,000 a shoot, and you'll make more money than they will in a year. Wow, that's good advice. <laughs> How close was I? Well, let's read the back of the card, which is a real roller coaster here. <laughs> the answer they give on the card starts, wear low shoes. <laughs> but, but by all means, stand erect and be proud of your height. Being tall only seems weird now because not everyone has finished growing. That's good advice, except yeah. for the heels. <laughs> Wear low shoes. Because <laughs> that's implying then it's bad and you should minimize this as much as possible. Yeah. I, maybe they just wanted to give her something that was like a tangible piece of advice that wasn't just Not like some ethereal <laughs> philosophical response. Yeah. That's maybe like a good strategy, like to give a little kid, like, here's the existential thing to work on, uh-huh. but also like, here's the material thing that will, uh-huh. help you. I don't know. You can do right away. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is going to, this is stuff you do. This is going to uh, test your improv skills a little bit. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, in most cases, the guests refuse to do this, and then I have to do it, so that's okay. But I, I think you're more game than they have been. Here we I'll go. See. Pretend to be your school's principal 
and make an announcement over the loudspeaker. I can do that. Okay, yeah, it's not hard. Good morning, students. We're so happy you came to school and join us today. Today, we what what grade is this uh, class I'm I, talking I to? I think that's up to you. I think that's your oh, your choice. Uh, we're so glad that you are a enthusiastic participant in your path of learning and your development. I hope you all have a good day. Take care of each other. Yeah, I, that was good. That was good. I think, <laughs> I think again, uh, you, you might have wanted to mix a tangible announcement in with a uh, metaphysical <laughs> announcement. <laughs> if I could give you a note, but otherwise, very well done. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right, we have one left. Critiqued. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. Okay. I did like your principal voice, though. I thought that was really good. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, last one. It happened to me. Here you go. Mom, have you ever been to detention? If so, tell why and what happened. If not, tell your biggest fear about someday having to go to detention. Uh, you've heard this story before. Well, uh, tell it to the, the folks so at home. I'll tell it to the listeners. So it was freshman year. I was rarely in detention. This I wasn't rarely... Ben's glasses again, was it? No, but it did happen again, and I got in trouble by the teacher. Okay. <laughs> uh, but that's another story. She's an awful teacher. Um, this was in my freshman year of high school, and in my algebra class, we had an algebra teacher who was awful. He used to say that uh, girls should not wear shorts, mm. and when they did, he would send them to the principal's office every day, even though the code said, the dress code said you could wear shorts, but he felt girls should not wear shorts. This, this is, is just, just, just setting you up for what kind of guy this was. This is wild. This is like that woman who wouldn't give out the marriage licenses to the same-sex yes, couple. Like like and every day. Every day he'd do it and they'd have to go up and get a note from the principal's office and come back with their note and then he'd let them into class. Nice. Uh, so uh, algebra, the only fun part of algebra is the class clown sat in front of me. And when I say class, not a bat class, the freshman class, he was our class clown. So he was hilarious. Okay. Um, and so it was fun to sit behind him and because uh, he talked to me and, you know, I could hear his jokes that maybe not the whole room got to hear. So it was fun sitting behind him. Um, so I, I loosened up a little bit in that class uh, because I learned how to make jokes with him and things like that. It was, it was my workshop. It was my comedy <laughs> workshop of yeah. freshman year of high school. We should have him here for your principal announcement a minute ago. <laughs> Well, so, you know, I felt, I felt the, the sort of motivation to speak up a little bit more in that class than I might have in other classes. Although my best friend says I get, got her in trouble in English all the time because of the things I said. Um, that so Carolyn? Anyway, yeah, it was Carolyn. Yeah, so she'd be a good podcast in, guest now that I think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get her for another time. Okay. Yeah. So in algebra, um, he was this guy. He was just really ADD. So he had everybody sit alphabetically. You know, he, he did seating assignments in his class. And every morning, instead, it wasn't a big class. Instead of looking at who was in their desk, because they were assigned seats, 
and note who was absent, he would call roll every freaking day. So somebody finally said, Mr. So-and-so, I won't name his name, why do you call roll call every morning? We're in assigned seats. You can see who's not here. And he says, I take roll call every morning, so I have an accounting of who's in class. That way, if the police come to me and say there was a stabbing downtown, I can look at my roll call list and I can know who was in the classroom and who was not. <laughs> so we were a little bit befuddled by that, but okay. So the next day, he was taking roll call again and somebody wasn't there and he said, so-and-so, where is he? And I said, he's down stabbing someone downtown. <laughs> Uh -huh. He didn't like that, so I had to go to detention. <laughs> That's very funny. I didn't remember. I didn't remember that story. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was really funny. That's very good. Who? This man sounds like a real lunatic. Oh, he is a lunatic. Yeah. Was that at the the high school there? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. El Dorado High School. Yeah. Yes, the Golden High School, where I also went. Yeah. You know, I, I never went to detention. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. You were a good <laughs> I'm supposed to, in that case, tell you about my biggest fear about having to go to detention. <laughs> <laughs> what is your biggest I, fear? I don't know. I think, I think you'd be bored, right? Except you get to work on homework, yeah. so I don't really know. Yeah, you'd be bored. Yeah, it's boring. I, I, someone might stab me at attention. I guess that's my biggest dream. It could happen if they if they missed algebra earlier that day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the that was the sassy game. What did you think about that? Uh, it was it was quite fun. Yes. Good. I'm glad. We always try to end end with one of those cards to get to learn a little bit more. <laughs> sort of end on a lighthearted note. Well, this was so much fun, Mom. I really appreciate what? you taking the time to join us here today. Uh, I'm glad you invited me. I had a good time. Yeah, look, and I kept it under two hours for you. You did good. <laughs> Maybe that's just a testament to how succinct we are in our conversation. Yeah, that could be it. And so, of course, by <laughs> podcast law, I need to end with uh, where the, the folks can find out a little bit more about us. We are, of course, the Babysitter's Book Club. And we can be reached. Uh, this, people can send us an email. We are thebabysittersbookclub at gmail.com. You have to have all the words in there, Mom. The Babysitter's Book Club at gmail.com. Do, do you have any merch? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, we okay. do have a, a nice logo that uh, Nikki made for us. Nice. Yeah. You're not going to put it on a t-shirt? Have, have folks order it? Maybe one day. I'm afraid, I'm afraid Nikki will want all the money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, made the, she made the thing. Uh, and Mom, you know where you can go to see that logo? And at some point more content when I finally launch this damn thing. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram. And in both places, we are at Babysitters BC, as in Babysitters Book Club. So yeah, right. check us out on Twitter or Instagram at Babysitters BC. Great. And the, lo the logo is already up there. So you can go look at that now if you want. Yeah, I'll go yeah. look at it. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Mom? Are there places that the folks I can find you? No, I got no merch. No merch. 
you don't uh what, what was the name of your nancy drew website can you plug that uh boss blau b-a-s-b-l-e-u.com okay boss blau all right that's that's where people can go they, they sell they... books and gifts they're really cute all right great great uh yeah. go buy a book or a gift for your own mom if you're listening to this why not yeah, yeah. all right well uh Again, thank you so much. Did you have a good time here today? Was this fun? I did. I had a great time. Thank, yeah, was, thanks was for this, inviting me. This was your first podcast. Is that true? It is. Yeah. How did I, I do? I thought you did great. Don't tell me. No, no I thought you did fine. I thought you did okay. fine. Um, yes. So I, I usually say this off air. I forgot. I'm just going to go ahead and end the meeting for audio file purposes. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be very abrupt. But then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you at the house as soon as I do that while the file's converting. So... We All can, right, sounds good. We can good. chat a little bit further, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and end the meeting. Uh, any final thoughts? Or are you good? You happy? What are you doing for the rest I'm of the day? I'm good. I'm happy. Um, I'm not going to read any more Babysitter's Club books the rest of the day. Maybe I'll pick them up later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll bring you the ones we've already done when I come home for Thanksgiving. Oh, goody. Okay. And I'll get you, the backstory to number seven. Yeah, you can read the book and then listen to the podcast each time. Yes, there you yeah. go. That's the guy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone for listening. I will be back uh, the next time with book number eight, Boy Crazy Stacy. And I will talk to you very soon, Mom. Have a good day. Thank you. you Bye. Too.